Hello! Welcome to the Wisteria Lane Poker Club, a Desperate Housewives rewatch podcast with two comics from Vancouver Island. I'm Brett McCrindle. I'm Mary Wisforden. And we're thrilled you're joining the club. So pull up a seat, pour a glass of wine, and let's dish! We're going to recap each episode and talk about all the choices made from characters, actors, wardrobes, producers, and more. And we'll see how many have stood the test of time and remained iconic. And we're going to have some fun segments we'll rotate through and Lord willing, answer some listener questions. Uh, before we get to talking about everyone and everything else, let's talk Let's talk about who's talking here. As mentioned off the top, I'm Mary. I've been watching Desperate Housewives since I was 12 years old. And in June, it's going to be their 20th anniversary. And I'm Brett McCrindle. I've been a fan of Desperate Housewives for just under 900 weeks. Just a baby. Yeah, I can't lie. I had my arm twisted into <laughs> watching initially by a partner at the time, but I'm better off for it. This is my fourth rewatch of the series and first in a few years. I'm a comedian and landscaper here in the Nanaimo, BC, and I cook a mean maple salmon. Oh. And that's us. Let's get into it. All right. So just to recap the last episode, local to Fairview, bland housewife Mary Alice Young kills herself after receiving a threatening letter in the mail. Mike Delfino moves on to the lane, catching the eye of local wine-drunk thoughts, Susan Meyer and Edie Britt. Bree Vandekamp's husband Rex asks for a divorce, and she accidentally poisons him with onions. Paula Young is seen by his son Zach, digging up a trunk from the pool. Susan, ever the klutz, accidentally sets fire to Edie's house, and when she's trying to break in to stop Edie and Mike from hooking up, and Mike was never there. Lynette, Bree, Susan, and Gabby find a threat find the threatening letter to Mary Alice and wonder what kind of secret their friend could possibly have worth killing herself over. Oh my god. What a start to a show. Yeah, so there's definitely a lot happening that Already. we need to, to resolve this week. This week our episode is called Ah, but underneath. Very ominous. Super, super sketch. Uh the main wives, you know, Gabby. Lynette, Bree, Susan are struggling with the decision still whether to tell Paul about the note that they have found. We find out what Paul was digging up and what he has planned for it. Ooh. Gabby personally is worried that grooming her 16-year-old gardener has backfired. Who would have thought? And Bree wants to start marriage counseling with Rex because mm -hmm. he blames her for their problems. Of course. And Martha Huber finds evidence of arson while helping Edie clean out her burnt home. We'll get to that later. We'll get to it. Susan invites Mike to dinner and then Mike invites Edie and they make his dog sick. Hijinks and Sue. And Lynette tries to abuse her children. <laughs> <laughs> and thankfully it backfires, backfires on her. Backfires, it does. But it undermines their authority as a parent even further. And uh, then we find out what Paul was going to do with that chest. Yeah. In the closing shot. But we open this episode in a graveyard. Oh, the Ooh. ominousness continues. Oh, I think you were going to say. What? I was just going to say we find out that Mary Alice was 39 when she died. 
Yeah. So tragic. Right before, I think she had a birthday coming up. Yeah. The big 4-0. The big one. It is. Gone too soon. Gone too soon. All right, then. Let's get into this episode. What are your thoughts immediately? I really liked it. There was a mix of action, intrigue, lust. Yeah. What more could you ask for? You can't ask for any more. Uh, It was the first episode we had with the classic Danny Elfman theme song, which brings into last week when I was saying that it kind of had a Edward Scissorhands vibe because, you know, Tim Burton, Danny Elfman, they always work together. Oh, snap. Yeah. So that's a little fun fact that I was figuring out. I did not realize there was no theme last week. I guess they just got into it. Yeah. Yeah. They just burst right into it. But this one had, uh, I like the theme. I like the theme song and I like the the title cards for it. It's all the like kind of Americana classic paintings. That art. Yeah. It yeah. sticks with you. Mm-hmm. So we have the graveyard. We find out that Mary Alice is yep, 39 when she dies. And then we go to the girls uh, having coffee and talking about whether or not to tell Paul about the letter. And I think it was Lynette pitches it as like maybe it was a joke and everybody just dog piles on it like that's ridiculous that's a Lynette. stupid joke Lynette who would write a joke note like that yeah and I have to confess I have written a similar note as a joke <laughs> <laughs> but like as a nearly 40 year old person did you send it to a nearly 40 year old person no i was 18 at the time i just like stuck it under the windshield of my friend's car when he was at work (laughs) i gave enough personal details about him and his life but then spelled his name wrong and stuff so it was like had no idea well they'll know now yeah i i don't think it's a good it's a good joke um i also think that whether or not the girls believe it Paul does deserve to know that they found this note. I think so. I think he deserves to know why his wife, because as far as he knows, like she didn't, Mary Alice didn't leave a note for him. She just shot herself. Maybe the note was for him. Maybe he was the one that hit it and he forgot that he hit it. Maybe Mary Alice left the note for him to find. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's a good theory. I'm on board with that. And she's that, trying to gone girl him. Unsuccessfully gone girl because her body is still there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I, yeah, I think we always forget that there is the gone girl method of disappearing. Um, it's one of my favorite. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and then we find Paul in his pool. Dig- we find out what he was digging up from the pool, pulling a TikTok tunnel lady. It wasn't a, a turd from the Scavo kids. Was not a turd from the Scavo kids. It was a creepy old toy chest. Yeah. Which, how old is that toy? How old is that pool? How old is the toy chest? Where did it come from? Did they get the contractors to put that down there? Did they bury it and then get a pool? And also, that's a very deep pool. So, like, did yeah. they wait till the pool was dug up? And then buried the thing. Like, I guess that makes the most sense as opposed to digging a very, very deep hole and then being like, pool. They they have the the space excavated for mm-hmm. the pool. And then, you know, the, the crew knocks off for the night and then they go out in the night and bury this chest. And then the next day they come and like pour the concrete. 
was that the plan? Like, did they think, hey, we need to get rid of this chest. Let's get a pool. Or were they getting the pool put in and they're like, opportunity, let's get rid of this chest. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Big questions that What we'll is it? never know. What's the saying? Like opportunity is blessed for the prepared. <laughs> Always, always plan, plan yeah. for the best. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I like that. I, that paints them as like pragmatic people. what secrets do they have? That's the question. And I assume they're from childhood or <laughs> why in this toy chest? Why a toy chest? How old is their son? These are questions. And then here's what I was confused about. He digs it out from under the pool and then he immediately starts wrapping it in plastic wrap to like waterproof it. So like, I think he's, he's going to put it back under the pool Because maybe he was concerned about a leak. Yeah, I don't know what that was. And why? Because the scene you're mentioning is later on in the episode. Susan walks in to him taping up this chest. Doesn't even question it. She's not even like, what are you doing? Why are you taping up this chest and putting it in your trunk? Yeah, he's just going There's through some stuff. there's no thought in her head. She's just like, huh, tra traumatized, I guess. You're just doing weird traumatized stuff. I would be like, hey, what's up with the plastic wrap trunk? Wouldn't you? If I had a secret that I was keeping from him, I might look at this chunk and be like, oh, okay, well, he's keeping secrets too, so it's all good. It's fine. It's fine. It would, like, let me off the hook. Mm -hmm. And we'll get to what he's doing with that trunk later. But after all of this, we find Rex sleeping on the couch and Brie wakes him up early. One, so the kids don't find out that he's sleeping on the couch. You know how important appearances are to Brie. Yeah. And two, to ask if they can work on their communication in therapy. A very, you know... honest thing to do when your partner asks for a divorce is to like hey let's try and work on this first Absolutely. I don't the first step should not be dissolution. mm -mm. Mm -mm. but he is resentful of her wanting to fix the marriage it seems he's done He's given up hope in in the marriage and I guess he's given up hope in himself. mm-hmm mm-hmm He he he's given up the hope that he can find the compassion that he wants to have for, for this woman. I don't know. It's sad. I'm going to jump ahead a little bit because we'll talk about their their therapy sessions. Uh, first of all, you mentioned and I mentioned their therapist is Ted from Scrubs. Yes. Yeah. I Great. love Ted. And he is kind of the complete opposite from his character in Scrubs, where he's actually quite competent as a therapist. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, for a TV therapist. I mean, he's no Dr. Melfi from The Sopranos. Now there's a competent therapist. <laughs> yeah all right i'll give you that uh brie refuses to open up even though it was her choice to go to therapy and She in does a some god-tier dissociating there and like hyperfixates on uh errant button. yeah yeah and she's about to pull out her sewing kit when they're like hey girl talk about your feelings um And she and she gives them some sort of like reverse psychology about, oh, this is later on. She comes back to the doctor by herself and fixes his jacket.
Yes. And then starts talking to him about how Freud was wrong because he should have just respected his mother. In a way, she's doing a form of art therapy because the act of sewing the button is allowing her to somewhat talk about what she's feeling, which is unappreciated, not thanked, you know, worked, worked pretty hard. Yeah. Well, that's beautiful. I didn't think of it like that before. Yeah. Yeah, well, then I was just like, and they, and then they come back, and the therapist points out that maybe Rex blames her because he's not thanking her for all the unpaid labor she does at home. He, he's definitely not. No, he's he's resentful of that and labor, he's, and he's teaching the kids to be resentful of it. Yes, exactly, exactly. What I thought of. Watching that kind of story arc with Brie and Rex was like, if it was set today and, you know, she always posts clips to YouTube, TikTok, this one will be titled like, Brie destroys psychology in two minutes. (laughs) Conservative redhead NRA member. (laughs) (laughs) It's a clickbait title. Destroys liberal therapist. Yeah, no, that's exactly what it would be. And to be honest, she kind of did. She ate them up a little bit. Uh, yeah, like she, and that, yeah, he even like right at the end of uh, her, her, her initial speech, he's like, yeah, you know, a lot of Freud's theories have been discredited. So she got her point across. And I think yeah. like he, that is a way to get Brie to talk is to just get her to talk while she's doing chores. Cause that's clearly her, uh what is it her stem as far as (laughs) the measuring cup let's talk about the measuring cup that susan dropped in the last episode when she was accidentally burning down Edie's house it looked like a solid measuring cup i'd be sad to have that disappear from my kitchen it survived a fire and i wonder like is it like the real pyrex or the fake pyrex I think this has got to be the real. It's got to be the real stuff. It's yeah. it's stronger than a Stanley Cup. Let's say that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Mrs. Huber finds it when she's helping Edie clean up after the fire, and then she also finds a new measuring cup when she is snooping about Susan's groceries. So snoopy, mm-hmm. but so good at it too. She- really good at it and she knows what she knew that she should be looking she's a smart woman um but she just uses it in not the greatest ways it's yeah it's not for good like i feel like she's just doing this to entertain herself yeah and i don't i don't think like if she ever finds evidence that susan did burn down the house that she would go to the police i have a feeling that if she found out that information she would use it for her own devices to get things out of susan yeah, she'll get Susan to like illustrate a Christmas card for or like put up her Christmas lights or something. Yeah. You know? And so that that's pretty much all that that happens with the measuring cup is that Mrs. Huber finds it, Edie is like my measuring cup is plastic. Doesn't even question why there is a glass measuring cup in her house, but Mrs. Huber does. Do you want to talk about Gabby and Carlos or Oh, yeah, we mentioned we mentioned Gabby off mm-hmm. the top. Because uh, she had one of the first scenes, we get to see her and John in the midst of a, a tryst, and mm. John has to jump out the window. Carlos is home early. Oh no! And he and has then, to do the 
the gardening without his pants on for a little bit. Yeah. Which, and like, it's their front yard. Right? It's their front yard. He's 16-year-old boy. Is no one going to mention this to Carlos? Like, hey, we saw this kid jump out your window naked. She threw his shirt out, but yeah. didn't throw his pants and covered his pants with a pillow. Where were the pants? Where they were on the couch. And I don't think John is quick enough on his feet. Like if an inquiring neighbor were to walk by, I don't think he'd be like, oh no, this is this is the technique. This is how they do it in, in Japan when they're they're trimming bushes. It's it's naked, so you It's how really... you feel it. You feel yeah. the plant better. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh Carlos buys Gabby off again with a car. Yeah, and because they didn't mention how much it costs, I'm going to do it for them. Oh, perfect. It's, it's a nice car. It's a, a Maserati of some sort. Mm -hmm. And it costs about $90,000. Do you think he paid for it outright? No, he's financing. He's financing he's in, it. He's in mergers and acquisitions. <laughs> he knows about leasing. He knows about it. Yeah. Mm. Uh, just to Actually, finish. Gabby gets a few presents this episode. She, she gets... does. She got a necklace um, and then refused to have sex with Carlos for it. And John gave her a rose. A beautiful rose. The yeah. perfect rose, in fact. That what didn't have in water. It was just in a glass. <laughs> She's like, I'll let it die. Yeah. Uh, he gives her this rose in his own bedroom. Yeah. Mrs. Solis, I will repeat this, Mrs. Solis, which is what this teenage boy calls her, goes to John's house when his mom is where? At his daughter or his sister's soccer practice. That is a risky business. It's, yeah. And then she's uncomfortable because there's a picture of him from probably three years ago playing Little League. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like right before his growth spurt. Like Yeah. Right before he turned into a man at 16. Yeah. Uh, he talks about his homework and then he gives her the rose. And she's realizing that mm, maybe this boy might be in love with me. Still got it. That's what Still she's thinking. <laughs> no, she does actually seem concerned, which is refreshing in this mm -hmm. storyline. I don't have much faith that that's going to be the end of it but no i feel like it goes on for a little bit uh okay then we got so... some lynette action she has another tough episode lynette i feel like lynette's gonna continuously have tough episodes with her frustrated levels of children she her kids will not sit down and buckle up so she has to uh, yell at them in the car while they're jumping around and she gets pulled over by a police officer. She exerts some powerful white privilege and yells at the police officer to not give her a ticket because he doesn't understand how stressed out she is as a mom. Do you I... think she gave that speech in real life in court? <laughs> I wish we could play a clip of it. It's like, you think I'm a bad mom? How dare you? I'd do anything. Later on, Mrs. Huber suggests that she leave her kids on the side of the road quickly and then go back for them. Which she does, but it backfires on her. And some good Samaritan gets bit for her trouble. Yep, and then the kids run away and then they buckle up. So I guess it didn't immediately destroy her, 
authority over her kids, but it definitely didn't teach them any good lessons. And they like bonded, I think, a little bit. I'm excited to see what their vibe is next episode. Like if Lynette will sick them on somebody else. Or like... So Bongo, hate, which is Mike's dog, apparently hates Susan. Hates her. Yeah, what's that about? Dogs can sense personalities. I just know it. Uh, at the dinner, he loves Edie, and she teaches him how to do a trick. I don't know much about dogs, but that seemed really fast. Yeah. For that trick to be... Uh, she's just happening. a super... She's a superwoman with dogs. Susan then covers herself in gravy so the dog will lick her. And... Wait, are you talking about Bongo or the men she dates? <laughs> Both. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah. Everyone loves the smell of gravy. Uh, <laughs> but accidentally, the dog swallows her earring and has to go to the vet. Yeah, Bongo really popped this episode. He did. Bongo was great. Good actor, that dog. It's a brilliant. We'll have to get him for an interview, I think. If he's oh, actually, it's been twenty years. That dog is gone. Oh, um, no. <laughs> uh, rest a generational in talent. Rest in peace, Bongo. Yeah. Uh, I had one thought on the dinner. Um, Julie is like the best wing woman. Yes. Which I think further illustrates what you said last week about them being like roommates there, yeah yeah there's no way she should be like oh and by the way Edie what about all these men you sleep around with with your revolving front door yeah the the trunk he took it to a lake tossed it in the water it sunk and came back because he did such a fantastic job of waterproofing it he really did he really did a great job of waterproofing it. And there was still some, there must have been some air pockets still on the. <laughs> I've never known something to sink and then come back up. A bizarre move. Like Maybe it filled with gas down there. What's in there is the main question. He's like simultaneously trying to get rid of it, but also preserve it. I guess this is what happens when you're under extreme grief. You don't think straight. You're not thinking properly. You're not thinking properly. Well, that's the episode, my friend. We did it. I don't know. Are you ready for next week? I'm so ready for next week. I'm ready for the next episode to find out. I hope we find out what's going on in the trunk. I hope we see more of Brie just absolutely reading her husband to filth for not appreciating her. Yes. Uh, and I can't wait to see how Edie and Susan continue to fight for Mike. Oh, this is one thing that I forgot to say. While at the vet, Susan discovers that Mike is a widower and as a respectful queen says, I'm going to back off. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's pretty nice. That is a, that's a, that's a big move from Susan. A good move. I'm bold. I'm proud of her for that. Brett, we finished the episode. Let's talk about some of the fun segments we've got planned. Yeah, the first one I would love to debut is working title HOA hijinks. <laughs> what does the Homeowners Association think about some of these antics that the housewives are getting up to in their desperation? Number, well, number one, I think the HOA is going to have a problem with Edie parking in a no parking zone. Yes, I noticed that too. She just... Right in the middle of the road. Just stops. 
<laughs> I have personally been victimized by neighbors just stopping in the middle of the road and it is annoying as fuck. And they're just talking to each other. They're talking to someone in the lawn. They're out of the car. Oh, that's never happened. But oh, okay. I have been, yeah. That was that was wild for such a busy street, too, because they always make a point of showing how busy that street is. Yeah. Yeah. There's, yeah, it's every kid, people, everyone. And she just stopped. I wonder if she would get a ticket for that. I feel yeah, like Edie's definitely getting a ticket for that. That is too, that's a bridge too far. <laughs> it's a bridge too far. Uh, yeah, and then there's Lynette with her kids. I wonder if Lynette, like... She's going to get a ticket for littering. <laughs> littering her children. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think that maybe she'd probably get tickets as well for having a messy front yard. I feel like her front yard is filled with toys. Yeah. And it's I know HOAs it. are worried about that stuff, like length and toys and all that other stuff. If Parker, Porter, and Preston are not putting on seatbelts they're not putting the toys away oh absolutely not no i don't think so and third infraction that i clocked this week <laughs> is uh bongo taking a dump on mr mullen's lawn mm -hmm. and who is mr mullen brett I, and it's a problem because mr mullen is a taxidermist so anything animal related on his property has got to be stuffed yeah yeah and this shit was not stuffed it was not. Yeah. Do you think he is going to put it in epoxy? And that's how he it like taxidermies poop. Oh, yeah. 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 Get that in like a little cube. That'll look nice <laughs> up on the mantle. <laughs> Do you think anyone in the neighborhood? It so it looks like it's falling out of another dog. You could put some like uh, iridescence in the resin. And then have it as like a sun catcher in the window. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you think anyone on Wisteria Lane's pets have gone missing since Mr. Mullen moved in? Oh boy. <laughs> I hope so. I hope there's <laughs> I hope that like the Vandicamps used to have a cat. And it's just disappeared. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Coyotes, man, they're terrible. <laughs> is what Mr. Mullen is gonna say. All right. So that's that segment. That's that segment. I like that segment. Um, I would love to bring it back for uh, next week. But I think that might actually be the end of the episode. Unless you got more segments. No, I would agree. Okay. Uh, <laughs> that's why it's here. Yeah. All right, Brett, where can everybody find you? I can be most easily found and probably the best place to reach me is on instagram my handle is at brett mccrindle pretty good that's pretty good that's who you are i hey, mean what about you mary you can find me on tiktok and instagram at mary was forden uh and if you're on vancouver island you can find both of us at open mics all over the place heck yeah heck yeah important to mention open mics and paid shows and that's things you can find out by checking out our instagram and you can catch us next week the you same can. place you found us this one you can and honestly if you have anything that you want to say about this episode you can send either one of us a message on instagram and we will try and fit it into the next episode so honestly remember to like 
subscribe, share, and uh, follow both of us so that we can have amazing lives and be Instagram influencers. Bye. Bye. <laughs>